This episode is brought to you by our friends at Detroit Boxing Company. They're a clothing brand that focuses on quality and comfort. I have a few of their shirts and they are comfy as hell. And not only are you going to look great, but I swear when I put my shirt on, I can throw my jab cross hook way better. Maybe that's just the placebo effect, but I swear it looked way better. If you want to learn more about the company and what TJ has been putting together, you should listen to episode number 36 of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to him about his motivations and what inspired him to start the company. He's a wonderful dude and what he's putting out is great. So be sure to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. And at the checkout, make sure you use the word CoreyCast, all one word, no E, C-O-R-Y-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10% at checkout. It's time to treat yourself. So I just got done having an awesome conversation with my friend Chance Barton. He was one of the first people that I had the privilege of mentoring when I became a real estate agent. Chance is a great dude and we have a lot of similarities and we talked mostly about the real estate market and kind of what it's like today being an agent and we even kind of dabbled in being an agent for the first time, all the different kinds of things that you have to go through and the different emotions that you that you could feel right in a moment. So uh, here is my good friend, Chancellor Barton. And uh, six years ago, <laughs> my grandfather was telling me how much he loved this barber shop, Nick's, yeah. that he goes to all the time. Is it and like one then, of those places um, like they like you walk in and they know what to do or you ask what? To oh, do? yeah, they 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 pretty much know what to do. Yeah. Everybody gets pretty much the same haircut. Anyways, it's uh, I walked in the other day when I got my haircut. I sat down in the chair, told the guy number two on the sides, trim up top and then you could taper the back. Right. Same yeah. thing. And then. Two minutes after I walk in, I sit down in the chair. The guy starts cutting my hair. An 80-year-old man, maybe 80, I don't know, he's very, he was a very old man. He sits down in the chair next to me and asks for literally the same exact haircut. So I was like, is my haircut just an old dude's haircut? <laughs> I don't Let me put another lamp in. I feel it's too too gray. Yeah, sure. Go for it. It's all good. You're going to make it look good for you. Ooh, yeah, like, we'll be uh, we'll be up on YouTube, so anybody uh, listening at home, you can also check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen me flag it twelve other times too. I don't. Oh, no, that's a ghetto lamp in the background, but it's better than what we got. Okay, it's all good. It works. Did you have a legit setup? It's yeah, it's a work in progress right now. I actually just got a new system, so it's gonna be sweet. Got a whole new PC coming. Should be here oh, Monday. Did you build it online? So um, it's just so tough right now with all the the scalpers and like the Bitcoin miners. They're snagging yeah. up all like the graphics cards. So like the one that's going to be in the computer, like MSRP is at a thousand. But because of like markup and it's so hard to get to buy one like new from a person would be like like a, like a site like Newegg or something or Amazon even. It'd be like three grand. So the whole computer was two grand pre-built with that card in there because the mm. manufacturing company, you know, hey, they had that quick access to that on like a random person like me off the street. So I, it's more of a better deal to buy a pre-built than building my own, which I normally would have done, which is kind of right. sad. There's some people, some people with the computer gaming, I feel like they get so, so protective when you say you bought a pre-built, like they get so upset. Yeah, they're they're oh, almost dude. disappointed, but now it just makes sense. I mean, yeah. sure. I, it has like an AMD processor, which I'm not like a big fan of. I'm more of an Intel guy, but if I wanted to, like I could pull the graphics card out of it, sell it secondhand on like Facebook and make my money and then some on the computer. <laughs> like it's that yeah. sort of situation. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy, right? I don't know. I just to me it's just like I have enough hobbies as is. I don't also need to watch twelve YouTube videos and learn how to build a computer from scratch only to start it up and then realize that I forgot to order a piece or the piece doesn't, it's not enough power to the graphics card. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't have no interest in dicking around with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly not that hard, especially now with YouTube. Like you could literally like step-by-step guide it with some person. Um, if I could do it, you can do it. So is is everything you like did with building computers that self-taught? Yeah. And like Damn. with buddies and stuff, like I had a buddy who, this was like way back, like high school years. 
So like my rig right now is like eight, 10 years old. So it's definitely time for an upgrade, which kind of like shows you how long computers last versus like gaming consoles. Like it's yeah. through like the 360 generation, the Xbox generation, now the new Xbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how long wow. it's been around. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I didn't I didn't even think of that long of a of a span. Yeah, man. I that's that's the thing is computers just seem so much more involved as opposed to like a console. You can just buy it. Everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not losing a competitive match of Counter Strike because they have a better computer than you. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's the only difference for me. I don't know, dude. I'm like I'm like I picked up myself uh a new gaming laptop. I know some people are going to cringe you? when I say laptop. Yeah, it's a Razer 15. It's the the uh, just the base model uh, from last year. Yeah. But I don't have a space to put a computer put a tower. Yeah. So this laptop looks professional. It's just black, mm-hmm. and it I can change the colors on the keyboard so it's not rainbow when I'm showing a client a cma hey here's what your house can sell for here watch my keyboard as it flashes as it from flashes different red, colors. yellow orange blue jesus that'd be, that'd be cool though you could like program be like mm, no we're priced too high and it's like flashing red and then like yeah oh, there we we're go. The sweet spot it's green now it's the howard hannah green and yellow yeah 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 that's that's the plug and that's the transition i mean that's how we met was through was from howard hannah yeah and i you were the second person that I mentored. It's just weird, weird saying that. Well, I don't even like, I remember you telling me when you first got in, what was like the initial reason that you got into real estate? Um, it's going to sound very low, but it was like, it was money, extra, extra side income. You know, my, my mom does it. She does it out in Arizona. And she was telling me for a while to get my license when I was still working at Enterprise. And then COVID hit and I was like, well, I got no better time than to get my license than now. And, you know, to hopefully, you know, either pursue it full time or just have that extra income. You know, it seems like nowadays everyone also has to have like two jobs or a side also just to get by. So Isn't that, that was crazy? really the plan. I feel yeah. like that's so weird that we I heard somebody say that on uh, Twitter the other day that our generation is like the the hustle generation because it's like every, a lot of people have second jobs. Not I shouldn't say everybody, but a good chunk of people. kind of have to have a second job to support themselves which is just completely asinine i i that shouldn't be the case it should just be get one job you focus on that and then you have a hobby and do something that you like if you make money at it cool sweet but i don't it doesn't work that way right i don't it's i mean i'd be comfortable but there's just so many more things i want you know like spending money on pcs and stuff like that you know like a nice computer right yeah so what uh how long was uh your mom real estate agent for was it like all so throughout your grown up she, no so she's going into year three now mm. so she's uh now well she, when she was she was a, a teacher for middle school and now she's a principal and she's kind of got to the point to where she's at that career and she just you know with us getting older and stuff she had a little bit more free time and she's one of those people that's like busy 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 so i'm mm. out of the house now and i have two sisters and then my other sister she's out of the house now and then one's a senior now so she's like like i have so much free time i don't have to run anybody around anymore and i'm almost like telling her like mom relax like it's okay but she loves to be busy so yeah so she's been going strong for three years nice and clearly she likes it though if she's trying to talk you into doing it she loves it <laughs> yeah that's loves it. that's pretty cool is it uh is like residential real estate kind of what you expected it to be yeah, i'd say for the most part yeah I mean, is there anything that you weren't expected for when you jumped in? Like anything that took you by surprise? I guess how hard it is. And I feel like everyone goes through that. You know, you see the TV shows and oh, show them three houses and they pick one type thing. But it's it's not like that at all. And and a deal is never legit done until it's closed at the closing table. You know what I mean? Like so many things can fall through. And I think it's not the like the the setting up a listing or the showing the clients the homes it's the back end stuff that people don't think about like not even so much the negotiating but making sure the paperwork's right and that you know everything's on time with you know the bank's paperwork and the lawyers are in tune with each other and that you know me and the other agent I'm working with are still in tune with each other just so that we can get it closed on both ends like that was something i never really expected or really thought about yeah I agreed. I, when I first got into it, I didn't realize uh, like how many hands were in the pot. Let's say, yeah. like I how mean, many people attorney state. So you know, we have yeah. we have attorneys to worry about too. Like your mom in Arizona. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's just a real estate agent and a title company. Question mark. 
uh, like they saw people that go through, um, like there's obviously still a bank attorney involved and stuff like that, uh, but, right. but the, there, instead of like New York where you have the, the 60 day close period, it's like 45 and we're closing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You better have it ready. And yeah, my buddy moved to uh, Florida. Same thing. It was 30 days start to finish. I had his agent calling me and saying, what do you mean? You guys don't know when you're going to close. What's the date on the contract? And I'm like, well, the date's really, you know, November 3rd, but it says on or about, it might not happen on the third. What do you mean is not going to happen on the third? Well, that's, I mean, any, anything can make it a hiccup. She's like, yeah, but you always get it to close on the contract date. And I'm like, Oh, trust me. New York is a different animal. And, it, and it's hard to tell the clients we work with that too. You know what I mean? Because they mm-hmm. see a data and a contract and that's what they expect. And it's hard to tell them like, well, we're around that. And then they're kind of like, well, what do you mean around that? I'm like, well, it's this and this and this, you know? Yeah. The best, uh, the best line I got from Donna was, it says on or about on the contract date. It's like, I always say it's like a baby's due date, right? It's like, it could happen that day. It could happen. My wife was three weeks early put a closing on a house happening early is pretty, pretty pretty slim. slim. Uh, And there might be some times where the mom's still pregnant a few days after her due date and they might have to induce her. (laughs) Right. Like that's kind of like the best analogy that I, that Donna. I didn't even think about that. I'm I'm, I'm going to steal that for sure. Dude, steal it, man. That's, that's like one of my favorite lines just because you say that and it kind of puts it in the frame of mind that like, Hey, there's a lot of factors that are kind of up in the air Mm -hmm. that I don't have control of after we get the purchase contract signed. I mean, I could, I could push the attorney, right? I could send him emails. I could send the lender emails. I could reach out to him, call them, but I can't move a title company any quicker. I can't move a survey. A There's only so much you can do before you just look like a pain in the ass. Excuse my language, but yeah. you know what I mean? You can swear. doesn't matter. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing. It's like, you're also trying to have like this fine line of like not trying to be so pushy that you ruin your real, professional a good relationship because you don't want to be too pushy because you need those attorneys. You need those lenders that are there to bat for you that you could trust on. That's why I think like part of it. Remember when you first got into it, I was like, build a good relationship with those lenders and find an attorney that you really like, because that's, that is more of a key to success of a transaction than I think anybody, anything else really. hundred percent. There's team players just like, you know, you and me are right. Right. Exactly. They're, they're super crucial in the in the whole yeah. thing because it's almost like we get we do the point of all the house hunting, the searching. We get the, we the relationship, negotiate and build the contract to kind of yeah. win you the bid on the house, and then once that's done, it's pretty much over to the lender, right? And then after the lender gets done, then you have the legal paperwork and stuff. So it's really having those key players in place. I think really makes a difference in a in a transaction. Yeah, isn't it sad you got to say bid now? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does seem like a bit. I mean, I would say right now it's kind of, I feel like the market's kind of dipping out a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, in the sense, like I just told the seller the other day, it's like the chances of you getting 20 offers is pretty slim, but you're still looking at an average damn market is like five days, which is pretty crazy. Is that like a, like a precedent now that for, that you found within sellers, like they now expect multiple offers type thing? Yeah, and yeah, almost sure. if they come to you, like if you don't get this, you didn't do a good enough job, even though if it gets sold. Yeah, you know, it's it's a fine like line of a conversation because when I talk to a seller, it's always like, okay, what are your goals? What are your objectives? All right, here's a strategy. One strategy is if you price it really competitively, that'll drive all the bids and the offers in. Then there's another one where you can kind of price it at market value, maybe even like a little bit higher, but you'll have a smaller pool of buyers to pick from. So it's, it's kind of like runs a risk. It all depends too on so many factors, like what their timeline is and stuff like that. Um, right. But definitely in this market, I think there's some people who get upset that when they hear their coworker got 15 offers on their house and then they only had four, they get so upset and they get so riled up by it, but it's not, it's not always that's just an ego thing. Sometimes it's pricing, sometimes it's location, sometimes it's yeah. What hey, your neighbor's house was on three acres of land, and a lot of people want land right now, and you are in a neighborhood development. So there's a lot more things that come into effect. I've yet but to I find think, that. What's that? I haven't worked with anybody that's like, I gotta have X amount of land. 
Oh, really? I have people, yeah. I have like one person who is looking for land, very broad in terms. And then uh, another guy who's like, if I can get like an acre, that would be awesome. Uh, I think that kind of idea is, I think a lot of people like to be out in the sticks away from people after, after COVID hit. After COVID. I think a lot of people are like, get me away from people. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that in terms of uh, yeah, it's, mindset. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, how many times have I said COVID? I think has changed the the market and the landscape. You know, it's kind of it's a whole nother ball game out there right now. Yeah. What um, if you had a piece of advice, right, for somebody who's kind of like looking to become a real estate agent, because you just you just kind of went through the whole process of yeah. getting an agent, becoming an agent. I just turned a year, no just longer a rookie. A yeah. Right. How's that feel? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I was like, it feels it almost feels good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, way more confident. Like, okay, I survived a year, did a couple deals. Now I can really Which, turn on the burn. By the way, know? starting in 2020 was probably a really tough year to become a real estate agent. <laughs> right. Wicked. Wicked. One of the toughest. And especially because you are a man, you like your game is cold calling. Right. And Cuomo is literally his banned cold calling from for agents. For Which I, don't, I, I should probably know, but I don't even know if you're allowed to do it right now. I don't know if it's bad. I, yet. There was like a brief stint and then it went away right away. Yeah. And then I think he, ex- he extended it again. I don't know. That'd be a great question for the board, though. I yeah. bet you you could email uh, uh, the GSAR and they probably would have an answer for you. I don't, you're right. I don't remember seeing anything like that. Yeah. If, if like there's a, a uh, new agent or maybe even somebody who's be looking to become one. Do you have a, what would be like a piece of advice now that you've had a whole 365 days, 365 days. I think, I don't know. You have to really like look at it as if, do you want to hit the ground running full time? Are you trying to do like the part-time thing? You know what I mean? Cause I'm, yep, you see a tail. Hey, oh, there's the cat. There's the cat. Hey, what's up buddy? Um, and you need to put in the effort that you want to get out of it. I think it's the biggest thing you got to think, you know, and in other terms of, you know, make sure you find, you know, a good brokerage. Everyone says that, but that's, that's super key. You know what I mean? To help keep you motivated, especially early on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know what your mindset was, but mine was like, Oh, I'll come in and I'll close a couple and feel good. You know, the first year and it's, you got to find your own clientele and yeah. Yeah, no, for, definitely. I think I got really lucky because I, uh, when I wanted to get into it, I had coffee with Donna and uh, Shauna. My wife came along too. Just mm-hmm. kind of had like a a group coffee, and I'm like, "What does the job look like? What like what what does a normal day look like for you?" Just kind of like stuff like that. And um, I knew right off the bat because I had a close relationship with Donna and how much I how much I worked with her in the past. I knew like that I I wanted to work with her. And uh, I didn't really interview with other brokerages a lot. You didn't do that? Lucky for me, I got really lucky. I found a broker that I really liked and that I really I really like to be at. So I got lucky in that sense. I don't know if everybody else would, but that's a good piece of advice. I don't think many people realize because yeah. once you get your license, it's not just like, hey, you could sell real estate right now. You have to find a broker and work under that broker supervision mm-hmm. for at least two years until you get your broker license, then you could technically open up your own, you know, your own brokerage. But I don't know who would do that. I feel like that'd be suicide. <laughs> uh, there is one agent that I'm thinking of in my head who started like uh, plus or minus a few days around the time I did. Yeah. Two years in, got his broker license and started his own his own brokerage. That's probably his whole goal, like, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he bold, but he's a. I know he's a hard worker, and I know. If yeah. anybody would do it, I'm like, it would ha- it would be this guy. You know what I mean? Like that's the first person I even think of that w- who would do it because it is a struggle. Like when you start your own brokerage, like, listen, man, there's no more office space. You have your when you don't have a broker, like you don't have your own office. There's no printer that you can get. There's no admin yeah. to do all the pay- the back end paperwork stuff. You do it all. You know what I mean? Right. So you got a lot more on your shoulders, and man, just the convenience of having like Kathy at our office. Just how many times has she helped you? Like she's helped me so many times. Yeah. I haven't had to be in the office. I'm like, Hey, somebody's dropping off a key for closing. Can you hold on to it? Yep. Sure. No problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, you really got to weigh like the, 
the pros and cons of that. Cause like what you said, you know, the, the office space, the materials and all that stuff, like whatever your split is, is that, are you really coming ahead? You know what I mean? I mean, is it more for you? Is it more for your own brand? Or like, like, I mean, I guess overall, if you really start growing it, you know, it'll, it'll turn around, and, but I don't right. know. Right. And that, that money that you're splitting with the brokerage, is that, and would that be the enough to cover you right. getting your business up and rolling? Then, then when you run your own brokerage, you don't, you don't want to just have one agent. I mean, you could, but if you had other agents, right, then that's when you can cover a little bit more overhead. You right. can expand. So it's really, it becomes more about like running your own business when you, when yeah. you do your own brokerage. Like what, like us and how we're like, we're running our own business, but that's like a business. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a business different. that also oversees other people. And guess what? If like, if I started Lawson Realty and I had, chance working for me and then all of a sudden you violated some like fair housing laws guess what they're coming I after you buddy. have a fine to pay so it's yeah. like you have to also manage it, it's funny because I, when i talk to shauna about this it's like in her management position how do you manage people who don't want a manager right because a lot of people got in this off in this business this career choice because they didn't want a manager they didn't want a boss Right. right. You set your own hours. You can come in and out of the office as you please. They can't force you to be there at every meeting. They can't force you to do every company training event. But right. it's like, how do you how do you like manage people who don't want a manager in the first I, place? It's I gotta be so think, difficult. I just don't think you do. I think end of the day you just yeah. you just make sure that they're following all the guidelines and you say habanada and because yep. you can't manage someone that doesn't want to be managed. You're right. wasting your time in theirs and Yep. No one likes that. Dude, that's retail management 101. Retail yeah. <laughs> management 101. You can't, when somebody doesn't want, is like hates management, it's like, oh, you can't really do too much. Just let her do her thing. Give her, give them some things to do. Give them a task or two and then just kind of stay hands off, you know? But then don't you think like, why did we hire so-and-so anyways? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, why are yeah. they here? They're not yeah. going to be a team player. Yeah, no, there's just, that's just how, uh, I think that's how it is just overall with some people. I was no, going to ask I mean, you, I mean, what do you, what do you think about, you know, brokerages that almost in turns like give all their agents leads and stuff and then take a cut that way, you know, instead of the agents going out finding the business, the business finds the business and then it gives it to their workers. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting. Cause there's some agents that agencies that work like that, isn't there? Yeah, I from what I know. So for other people who are listening, might not know, like some people think that they kind of have like a, a skewed vision of what commission, what like we would take home. Right. So typically if you're, I shouldn't say typically, I would say sometimes it's 3%, sometimes three and a half, sometimes two and a half percent, but say it's a hundred thousand dollar house and uh, you're getting a 3% commission, $3,000. Right. Um, you all, you, then you have a split with your broker. Right. So mm -hmm. if say you're like on an 80, 20 split, right. So you have 3000, um, if you take home 80%, it's like what? Right, that's 2,400 bucks. 2,400. Yep. Then out of that 2,400 bucks, you got to put it away for taxes because then you don't want, uh, uncle Sam taking your money after that. Then you're looking at because, like what, two grand. Uh, yeah. I mean a little less. I mean, if I usually put 30% away just so I have a larger cushion and larger pillow, Mm -hmm. um which is a little it's a little much it's a little higher end to put away for taxes rather have more money, I mean, than, less money. <laughs> less than i mean geez man you're looking at like 1800 1900 bucks that you actually take home and pay and that's what you're taking home after after taxes right and you still have different business expenses mm -hmm. um like if you're Insurance. paying for crm or if you're paying for other tools that gets that has to get taken out so some people think it's like oh cool that agent takes that whole three percent of the the whole 3% and takes it away. Now in your case, if an agent would take, we'll say a hundred percent, right? Which would be crazy. A broker to not take a certain percent, even we'll say 10%. They take 10% and they feed you leads. And then we'll say if they, if it's a lead that's fed by them and you close, what would the percentage be? What, what would the brokerage ask I think, for you? Wouldn't it be more like, I don't know, standard commission salary s jobs you know where you get 
30% of whatever you sell, you know what I mean? Wouldn't it be kind of like some on that scale? And so that the brokerage yeah. would be end up taking on more money, but because they are feeding you leads and you're essentially almost more of like a salaried employee, you'd get less of a cut. Wouldn't that be kind of how it worked? I'll say, I don't know of a brokerage here that does that model, right. but there are some in other States that have like a salaried rule. Like it doesn't matter what you sell Yeah. in, in a certain time. They're just like, we'll put you on payroll We'll give you X amount of dollars in salary, but I don't know if it then changes it from an independent contractor to a different classification, right? Because then right. technically you are a worker at that point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's some good questions right there. But I would say a lot of like outsiders, like this is stuff I got from like my friends and, and family that didn't know the game. They thought I was paid like option two. You know what I mean? Not mm. how option, what we just discussed, where like we take the full 3% or whatever. Right. They were like, oh, like, how do you get paid? I'm like, I only get paid on what I sell. And they're like, what? What do you, what do you mean you only get paid on what you sell? I'm like, yeah, I, I'm right. basically working for free until I get something to close. Yeah. And that's, that's a weird thing. Try to wrap your, try to think of a job and then put it that you could do all of this work. Mm -hmm. get literally to the day where you're supposed to get your paycheck and it could crumble, right? Like yeah. you end up in real estate, you end up working for free a lot, but I think that's hard for a lot of people. At least it's like, there's your paycheck, right? Imagine if you were an electrician, you did all of the work on the house and then the day you finish the job, they just go, nah, never mind. We decided to go with another electrician. <laughs> you're like, but I spent the money in materials and did all of this stuff for what do you mean you went with another electrician like yeah. that's that's the kind of stress that comes with this job and the fact that it's commission only like mm -hmm. when i same with same with me chance when my i got into this business a lot of my friends thought is it really commission only is that is that really a yeah like they like everyone thinks it's a myth you know what i mean mm -hmm. right yeah. right so, dude, think of another job where you do all of this work and then come like payday on Friday, you might not get a paycheck. It kind of depends on if like the client's <laughs> like, okay, sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, I don't know, man. It's just name another um, job that's like that. I mean, my other full-time job, it's 100% commission-based. So that's the same, that's the same model, 100% right. commission-based. So, I mean, at the end of the, the week, like I... Um, like it's uh, obviously it's hundred percent commission based. And obviously if I sell, you know what I'm doing now, my current volume, my paycheck is going to be way more because I don't even really want to call it a base. I'd rather just call it a safety net. Like this is the minimum dollar amount we're going to give you. But as long as you sell over that, we're going to give you that full amount. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's kind of like that, but I mean, being in the automotive industry, you know, you're working with, you know, insurance or you're working with body shops, you know, and then you send them all these parts, you know, thousands of dollars of parts and then they go oh car total you have to take this all back and that's deducted from your you know technically your entire paycheck oh. so it's almost like the same thing you know or yeah you sell an engine to somebody and they go oh you know what our client decided not to do the job can you pick this up please so i mean it's 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 way less on the sphere of like what a real estate commission is but it still like happens you know what i mean but still yeah, yeah and that's that's a th i mean a lot of people can't do just the commission only like a lot of people just couldn't like they're not comfortable with it, which is fine. Right. I mean, two but the difference know. between that job and real estate is like, you know, the company's got such a large, you know, influence with our current area that we're in. And most of the time everyone's calling, they're calling because they need something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's an easier sale, if you will, than having to go out and find your own clients to then sell to right. or list their homes or find homes for. So right. that's kind that's, of a perk. That's the know? thing. Like you said earlier, you get what you put into this to yeah. this career so it's like you know i had i had a buddy of mine who was just busting my chops he's like yeah it must be nice to like sit at home with your son all day and and babysit him i'm like bro that's like i'm also i'm watching him and then also working like i'm looking at the mls i'm yeah i'm doing stuff i'm trying to be proactive about stuff and then guess what like it's friday today and my monday is already filled and chaotic from like nine till about six o'clock it's just jam-packed full of stuff which what's an average I'm, day for you look like? It, I mean, it, it really depends. That's the thing is like, it's people ask me this question. What's an average day look like? And it's, you know, like today I had, I was lucky. I had no appointments today. I set up some showings today. Mm -hmm. I, let's see. I answered an email. 
sent some emails out to check on statuses of an appointment, but I was home all day. I got to spend time with, with Ashton, you know, well, that's um, one of the, the rewards of this, you know, being a realtor, like you said, the whole make your own hours type things. And, you know, I will say it, it stinks that, you know, most people, you know, especially if you have someone, you know, significant other who works an eight to five and you're like, well, I got to go do this, you know, from five to eight. And then I'm mm-hmm. answering phone calls and emails, you know, at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. hard to shut off sometimes. It is. And you know what? Again, this, I, I keep mentioning Donna, but she really, she really taught me a lot and it sounds kind of silly, but Brittany and I have a calendar, right? We have a shared mm-hmm. Google calendar. So it's like when I put appointments into the calendar, she can see. She do you, do you have home. a monitor? I, w- I walked into a home and they had a TV on the wall. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a weird spot for like a TV or like it almost was like a security screen. And then the client, my clients, they were like, oh, no, that's probably like the screen shows their Google calendar. Like all this uh, appointments and stuff they put no. in there. I've never seen that before. That sounds yeah. kind of cool. And I was like, oh, that'd be like cool. Especially if it was like touchscreen, you know, you could just be like, okay, right. type in this in quick. And then it's and on your phone. It's in your email. Especially with people like uh, like his wife's a nurse, you know, so sometimes she's on call. So they could be like, oh, we can't, you know, we got to make sure we're kind of close to home because you could be on call this night, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. Right. And that's uh that's the beauty of the uh the calendar is like yeah. because my job is it's not just like we know Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays I work that close shift at runnings and I'm the closing net. No, it's like my schedule's chaotic now. So yeah. having that calendar one is important. Two, making it sure it's joint so you and your significant other can see it. And three, scheduling time in your calendar for family time. Yeah, because like the the fear of loss in this job is severe. Like the like the fear of loss. Like holy shit, if I don't answer this text message at nine o'clock at night, I'm it's gonna FOMO. Lose the deal, right? It's FOMO. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But if you can go into your calendar, like like Saturday night, Brittany and I, it's uh the first night. Like we haven't celebrated our anniversary because our schedules have been so crazy. That's wicked. So, what was that? july 7th like it was all like a month like um almost two months ago chance and you still haven't done it right and we still haven't done it so we're like all right so ashton's gonna go spend have his first sleepover at at the in-laws and we scheduled the time in my calendar and i can't tell you how many times chance that this week somebody has said something like hey are you available to show something saturday can we do something saturday i'm like and my instinct wanted to be yes, but listen, the family is like number one, right? Like, can I do those showings on Sunday? Can I do those showings on Monday? Let me see. They don't have an offer deadline set. Oh, the offer deadline set for Tuesday. Okay, then I can get in Monday. There's there's no rush. I don't have to get in on Saturday. That's fine. We'll move move the schedule around. But scheduling something in your calendar for family time is probably one of the one of the best things you can do, at least for in time management wise. Yeah. Um it sounds weird to say schedule family time as an app- as an appointment, but once it's in your calendar, you can see it and and it, there's less chance for you to to say yes to those things. Yeah. Like, like maybe you and your significant other, maybe it's like Fridays are your date nights, right? Like maybe Friday nights are the nights that you guys go out go yeah. out and grab dinner. That's something that you put in the calendar. You commit to it every week. You know, I think that's been the saving grace for our our relationship for sure. I mean, that's yeah. how we've, that's how we've been able to make it work for the past seven, eight years or Jesus Christ, however long we've been together now, <laughs> you know, what are you, what year are you going in three, four for a real estate? Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half now. Dang. Time flies. I, I finally feel like the imposter syndrome is over. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, not to say that there's shit. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. Every transaction is different. I'm always running into something. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know that yeah. question. Do you think that's because you just feel more comfortable, comfortable in what you know, or like yeah. maybe more people, um, not so much clients, but like other agents and like you said, other lenders and lawyers and stuff now kind of know your name too. And they're like, oh, it's Corey Lawson. Yeah. Oh, this is Corey Lawson's listing. You know what I mean? Do you think like that's right. helped you too? I, yeah, I would say definitely both because I, I think of it like I think real estate is almost like uh, jujitsu or Muay Thai in a way. It's like when you first start, 
you don't know what you're doing, right? When I first yeah. showed up for Muay Thai, I had no idea. I felt uncomfortable. It felt weird. Like people I'm, are looking at you. People are, yeah, people are looking at me weird. Yeah. I'm like throwing my guy? cross all funny. Then you got a professional in the corner, a pro Bellator UFC fighter in the corner, <laughs> slamming out combos. And you're like, what am I doing? Conor McGregor's over there. Exactly. And that's the same with a realist. Like when I went into the office, I'm oh, like, 100%. what am I doing? What? Then you have the top producer, Tammy Hoffman over there in the corner talking about real estate, boom, throwing stuff off the top of her head like a pro because she is. Yeah. And it's like it could be overwhelming at first. But if you just show up every single day, that like gets better. That that starts to tend to to go away. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it took a while for the imposter syndrome to go away in the terms of like where I felt like I had to call Donna any hiccup to happen now it's like when when like a hurdle pops up i'm like let me think how just explain me to you you know right it's yeah dude but that's what it's that's what it's about like that's what i did it for mark right i mean Mm -hmm. still mark calls me with stuff i do it for you i mean technically we're not under the the mentorship contract thing anymore but that doesn't mean i'm not gonna pick up my phone when you call and you have a question (laughs) oh this Oh, this day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Shit. It's chance. I'm going to silence my phone. You know? <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm in a showing. <laughs> yeah. <Ashton> right. <laughs> Stop it. Leave it alone. <laughs> what, uh, was there anything like, uh, like when you're balancing your other job to this, how have you managed doing that? You know, it's, it's definitely a game of you get in what you put out. You know what I mean? And I could definitely say I haven't given it my fullest attention as of late. And it's something I want to kind of revamp. And now that I'm a year in, I want to relook at my goals and and go, okay, well, how do I get there? What do I have to do every day? Because I'm more of a, a schedule-based type guy anyways. You know what I mean? Like I can't have like a loosey-goosey type schedule. Like if I was doing this full-time, like I would be up at 7 to be in our office at 8 doing whatever I'm doing until 5, 7 o'clock and then going home and then being like, okay, yeah. I'm done. You know what I mean? That's just how I'd end up having to do my business because with my, when I'm at home, I'm just not as motivated. So I think that's part of the problem too. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I've never been in that position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. And now especially because I'm home more often with Ashen, yeah. way easier to look at my phone and get lost on like a Reddit rabbit hole than you on TikTok? You a TikTok guy? What's that? Are you on the TikTok? No, see, I'm not into TikTok. You're not into TikTok. You don't like funny. Do I have. If you look at my Tappy card thing, like if you see that QR code mm-hmm. in the in the top corner, if yeah. you scan that QR code, it brings you to that shameless to plug. Tappy link. Exactly. <laughs> it has all my social media, and when I share that with people, people go, "You are on so many social media things," and I do not fuck around with TikTok no? or Snapchat. I'm not. I'm just not on either of those. Mm. I don't know why. I'm just. I'm. It hasn't. I got so much. I got LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm like, I don't, I don't want TikTok. I just don't. I'll make all their things. Got it. I got this cat up on my monitor. Like she's on top of the computer right now. <laughs> and I'm just making sure she doesn't turn off the power button. That's fine. Well, it was great talking to you, Chance, and we lost you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. What uh, is there like a certain real estate agent? uh that you kind of like look up to like maybe is there a famous one like for me i don't really follow any famous people like i like Jared james i think he's i think he's pretty good um but is there anybody like in terms of real estate that you you look up to yeah um i'm a big million dollar listing fan like i don't know if you watch any of those like real estate shows but like when i watch million dollar listen i'm like pumped up you know what i mean like i'm like let's get it like we're gonna go sell some stuff you know what i mean so i'm a big fan of ryan serhan i like that he was like some jamoke that's like i'm gonna move to the city for i don't even remember what his full story was i think it was like to be an actor or something like that and then he's like oh this really isn't working out let me like try my best at real estate i guess because someone said they thought i'd be good at it and now look at him he's selling not only so much in new york city and has his own brokerage but i mean he's selling some of the most expensive homes in the united states you know what i mean so yeah he's uh, i just saw on his instagram that he posted uh yeah he sold the most like expensive condo in the united Mm -hmm. states or something other times like wicked man yeah so i like like he's probably like my i don't know celeb guy you know i don't know you know if i'd say look up to him i'd say He's a good person to like, you'd want to be, you know what I mean? He's, he's got, I've read like some of his books and stuff like that, which I I like his, his thing that I really like is like follow through, follow up, follow back. You know what I mean? 
mm. which basically means, you know, do the work that you plan, you know, type thing. And I think that's helpful, especially when you're looking at your day in terms of like people that like, I guess trainers, like a Jared James type thing. Um, I like Ricky Carruth. He's a big like circle prospecting guy. This guy from South Florida, or I think he's in Georgia. I can't remember somewhere down in the Gulf. You know, he's got the, it's like a small town, but it's got loads of like Miami esque skyscrapers, like on a beach. You know what I mean? Like that's his kind of clientele market. And I'm sure he sells like more residential type stuff too, but he's got a weekly email that he sends out to 10,000 plus people. And that's, that's his business. That's how he's built to where he is now, where he's making like a million dollars a year in commission. Huh? From just circle prospecting. Yeah. So every Wednesday he said, since he's basically since when the big crash was in a way he built up this and every Wednesday he sends out a weekly newsletter, essentially kind of like what we have, you know, our Howard Hanna like news thing that like gives insight of what's going on, like how many homes are being moved. So there's like stuff like that, but he puts his like own, you know, flair on that. And that's built his bread and butter. And then I like, um, I can't remember his last name. It's like Brandon Merlon or something like that. Um, but he's like the Fizbo whiz, which is where, um, just following his stuff. That's how I was able to land. My first listing was from the Fizbo. Right. So I'd say those are like my two people I follow in terms that have been in the game. And then my celeb guy. Yeah, that's that's a thing too, man. Is these guys are so they're so good and they hone their like you know uh, like when a professional baseball person like steps up to bat, yeah, and you like you can just tell the way they hold the bat. You're like, man, this guy has done some serious rounds and done his reps on this, right? Or mm-hmm. like UFC fighter, like you watch Anderson Silva. All right, I know you're a big UFC guy. You watch Anderson Silva yeah. fight Forrest Griffin. Right. That's probably one of the best analogies ever. It's one of my favorite fights ever. And you see him dodge, slip, evade each punch. And you're all you're thinking is like, man, this guy has repped this uh, 10,000 times, repped this over and over and over again and honed it. Yeah. That's exactly what those guys did. Right. I mean, that's like you said the newsletter thing. And I love that weekly newsletter thing because that's what, um, yeah, you can put your own flair on it too. Like, I mean, he does simple right. stuff like, oh, I went to this local coffee shop. It was good, you know, and that was yeah. it. And it shows that you're in the community, you're, you know, advertising them. And it's not always numbers, data. I'm a real estate agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just to get people thinking about you. I think that's, uh, I had this conversation with uh, Chris Madden not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I felt like, um, like, people don't give a shit about, how awesome you are like people kind of want things of value right like you were talking about the weekly uh newsletter there's uh, a guy called tim ferris i don't know if you ever heard of his podcast he wrote five hour body five hour work week Mm -hmm. um a lot of good books but he does like uh like these three bullet things like he's like hey here's your weekly dose of the five bullet friday uh, here's a podcast I'm listening to. Here's a snack I'm enjoying. Uh, here's what I'm watching. Here yeah. is what I'm watching yeah. along. Like here's a movie I just got done watching. And here's a quote. Hope but you have a great day. Here's you the greatest my podcast. The greatest thing about that is that you know person is gonna be like, Oh, who who brought you to this restaurant? Oh, it was you know, it was Corey Lawson. He's a real estate agent. And then that, that throws your name without you forcing your name on that person. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's, that's the power. And also every week I get an email from Tim Ferriss and I'm like, and that's reminding yeah, you know, I haven't listened to his podcast Ooh. since he put out the Jerry Seinfeld one. I should, I should see what other, uh, other ones he puts out and see what, you know, check up yeah. on them, you know? Yeah. But, no, it's, it's interesting is everybody has their own like mm-hmm. plan of attack. You know, and I think that's something, you know, going back to your question, like way back up, you know, what, uh, what you would tell someone new or whatever is there's, that was the biggest thing for me too. When I was coming in, it was like, there's no right or wrong way to land business in this game. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out what works for you and just do it. Right. And stick to it. And mm-hmm. not like my thing was, uh, like there's agents that are really good with, like they got mailers down to a T. People might be listening <laughs> and saying mailers who listens to mailers. Listen, people, there are agents that only spend money in postcard marketing mm-hmm. and they're top producing agents. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like well, just mailers just, still work. Think about how much but, junk mail you get and how much consistent junk mail. I get right. a thing from spectrum every week. 
I'm Verizon Files for life, baby. I'm never switching yeah. to Spectrum, but I know their right. name, and here I am talking about them because they send something every day. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, but I have fall when I first started, I fell in the trap too, because I was like, I'm going to do mailers every week. I'm going to send them out, you know, sending out a letter that a new listing hits in a high market area. And I send out letters, Hey, your neighbor's home just went for market. Here's some information. Contact me if you want to take a look at it, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And I did it for like two weeks. And I'm like, eh, I didn't get anything from it, but you have to be consistent on this mm-hmm. stuff. Like you have to be doing it week after week or day after day. And maybe, maybe building that newsletter is your thing. Okay. Yeah. So start today and next year, that newsletter, if you do that every week, 52 newsletters go out. Guess what? It's going to be better than it was when you first started. Right. Right. And then next year you double that that, and then you double that and then you double that. And then now you got this pool of 10,000 clientels and you don't have to push the snowball down the hill. It's just rolling. You know what I mean? And you can make whatever you want to make. Yep. hundred percent. Now that you mentioned that newsletter thing, now I want to go into that because I know with Howard Hanna's that CRM that we have, I know we can set a custom campaign. So now I'm like, now I'm getting my brain and my gears moving. I'm like, hmm, that would be kind of you interesting. Try make something pretty baller in Hannah presentations, which yep. for the viewers is like a easy template thing to use. And then yeah, use our own CRM and mail it out every week or month or whatever you want to do. do a free bullet Monday. Yeah. Instead of five bullets, dude. I'm Tim. Tim Ferris, relax with five bullets, dude. Give me, I'll do three. <laughs> three. Here's what I'm eating. Here's what I'm listening to. Here's what I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, five is too much. Tim, relax, dude. You don't have to tell me everything you got going on in your day. Man, Jesus. So busy. so busy. Is that how do you prefer to prospect for new clients by cold calling? Like, I know you were a killer with it when you first jumped out of the gate. Is is that preferred, or do you like other ways to try well, to find? I think overall, no one likes cold calling. It's just something you have to do. Yeah. You know I what hate I mean? It. And for someone, I mean, not to say you were lucky, you know what I mean? But like you, like you said, you had runnings and you've been in the area all your life. You know I mean? I've only been in, you know, Syracuse for two years, going on three years now. So I I still don't really know a lot of people. So it's really the only way to put my name out, you know, cost effectively. I felt, you know, with the mailer thing, you know, I, I kind of feel like you, you know, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know, but it's just not something that I want to do is send mail, you know, because like you're a God with the Facebook and, and stuff like you get i don't know you post i don't know what you, you just post a picture and you get all, all these comments and reactions you know yeah it's because i think i'll say this a thousand times but i i just i don't think people give a shit if you're a top producer i think you're you talked about the center of influence for yeah. some people might not know your center of influence is like all the people that you know that they would come to you for business right so mm-hmm. for me like my center of influence is Taikai or old friends from high school like that. That is my center of influence. And it's, I, those people don't care if I'm top producer, no. those people care. They like you for you. You know what I right. mean? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Like, uh, Ed, my buddy, Ed at Taikai, he would not have cared if I sold two houses my entire life. He would have used <laughs> me because I'm doing private lessons with his son. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what more people care about, but relationships over selling. <laughs> right. But on the other side of it, dude, is there are people out there like type A personalities who yeah. wouldn't want to work with me because I'm not a top producing agent. Like mm-hmm. there are people out there, but I think that market is shrinking. So I, I am a big proponent of social media because one it's free, mm-hmm. right? Unless you want to spend money in, in ads, which is and fine. You, quick, that too. you know, and two, bro, you don't have to only talk about real estate. If you went to my Instagram page and you saw real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, you'd be like, this dude doesn't, this dude's not like, who else just only talks about grinding on my life? Exactly. My life. Exactly. <laughs> and like when you post a picture of a, a generic kitchen and then it's like, what do you think of this kitchen? Dude. People can see through that. That's not that's not chance being chance. That's you trying to like look for clicks. So I just like I post stuff that I love and I'm interested in. Hey, like last night. Hey, look, I got two stripes on my belt. This is cool. This was it was no other purpose other than being like, hey, this is a really special moment that I want to share with you people. And I mm-hmm. think more people can see your personality and especially in this age of technology. Well, I once think once again that you, you know you're forcing 
your brand and yourself on somebody without forcing your brand on them because they're going to be like, oh, dude, Corey, the guy that sells real estate, yeah, man, he just got his, you know, two stripes and, uh, you know, Muay Thai. Like, what? oh, that's dope, dude. Like, no way. Right. I'm actually looking for a house. Can I have his information? You know, you never know what people are going to say. Right. Exactly. And I, that's, and that's, dude, like, honestly, I, last year when I talked to like my tax person, you know, you sit down and you talk to your tax person and yeah. go over your expenses and stuff like that. And when she looked at my marketing section, I, it was significantly less than the year prior. I honestly think I spent maybe like 200 bucks in, in marketing stuff, but that yeah. was also COVID was also a big impact on that. And two, I also came into 2020 thinking that I really wanted to change, like how much I'm spending on, on my marketing stuff. She's like, man, this is just way less than, than before. And I go, well, I only really want to focus on social media. And it's kind of, I post she- stuff every <laughs> once in a while. I put stuff out. And also I'm doing a podcast with real estate stuff. Right. So I'm kind of like mixing something that I really love to do with another thing that I really love to do. So it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it just kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. What's That's a, fun. what's like your five-year goal? Like, where do you see, like, do you want to be a full-time agent or are you, are you good working like a nine to five and having real estate as a side hustle? Cause there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think some people get crazy about that, but who cares, dude, if you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, shoot five years, I'll be just a tick under 30. So I don't know, man. I don't want to say, I mean, you should obviously have a plan, but it's almost kind of like, let's see where the wind blows. You know what I mean? If I'm, you know, I'd say my upcoming year, I, I want to maybe sell, you know, a home like every two months, you know, just to have that sort of like extra income. And then if it starts snowballing and then I'm really getting stretched thin, then I'll have to choose, you know what I mean? And if this is, the sector I want to go, that's what I'll choose to do and run with right. it. So far, do you think that this is a, like a career that you want to move forward with? Cause that two year mark for those of you who don't know, that's when you have to like, kind uh, of relicense, right? You have yeah. to renew your license. So a lot of that choose two year path. mark, <laughs> yeah, that two year mark is when you lose some people. That's when people mm-hmm. are like, uh, it's like a make or break two years. Do you think you're going to do another two years? Is that what you're hoping? I'm hoping so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, renew, but who knows? I mean, maybe if, you know, I only sell a couple other homes, maybe they say, well, with dues and everything, it wasn't really worth it. Right. I don't right. know. Dude. And that's another thing, right? Out of commissions, you also have to save up for your realtor dues, like the MLS mm-hmm. fees, the board fees, you know, that it's fee after fee. We're paying monthly fees for our lockbox act access bucks. Like think about that. That's, someone's netflix subscription that we gotta yeah. pay to oh lock a key from a door you yeah. know what i mean that blew right. my mind i was like dang like you're like damn bucks. 25 bucks god 25 damn bucks. it is there a I is there a yearly subscription for 25 bucks a month <laughs> god damn it yeah. here i am watching the same stupid ass state farm commercial here on hulu like a nerd well i used to have like spotify like premium but i was like dude 10 bucks a month lockbox Ah, I take the lockbox. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, dude, hundred percent. No, but I, I really, I don't want people to be like, oh, that this guy, he's he's not gonna last. I really do love it. It's fun. Um, it's fun connecting with somebody. You know, making such a such a grand purchase in their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think through that. I think you're you are meant for it more than you than you want to believe because I think you're going through the same shit that I went through my first year, which was imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was a term for it until uh, my friend Dennis told me about it. But it, but it's true. You you feel like a fake and a fraud, and it's like I don't want to post on Instagram that I'm an expert when I'm really not, not an, an expert. expert. Yeah, yeah. But you That's... are, dude. Like you've already done two transactions, which is one more than most people do in their life. You know what I mean? Like some people like, like the way I usually frame it to like a good line that I learned from somebody with a, like a FISBO is like, you might do this like one or two times in your life. The entire span of my career, I've done it 40 times or 50 times or 60 times, whatever you've done. And I'm not trying to belittle the experience, but I've just have had more experience at the bat doing this from start to finish. And I can help you get there. I can help you. I can help you reach your goals of how much do you want to make on this house? Okay. That's what you got to do. ABC. I can help you get there. Yeah. So this I think was driving me crazy, man. I love them, but I, I, the people, 
I don't know. It's just it, 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 the fact that they waste their time in most cases, and not always, sometimes some people, they can close the deal on themselves, but they waste, you know, however long most, I'd say most on average is like 30 days until they finally end up going and listing it with an agent anyways. I think that was some of the funnest parts um, when I was prospecting, when I was allowed to was going to these people's houses because other people are in the physical game too. You know, it's not just me. And then, you know, following up and then they go, Oh, well, actually, we we listed it with somebody else. You know what I mean? And when you go to that appointment, they give you so many excuses. They're like, well, we want to save on the commission. You know, we're going to hold out. We can do this ourselves, yada, yada, yada. But it's really just finding that pressure point and then, and then going through the MLS daily. And you go, oh, I talked to that person and now yeah. it's listed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think right. that's just some of the funniest thing. It's, it's, like a, it's, it's heart-wrenching, but... Yeah. At the same time, like, oh, too. I didn't get it. But at the same time, it's like, well, I was on the path. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, right. And you can't like, you can't beat yourself up too much about about not getting a listing. I mean, I guess it's easier said than done, right? Like, yeah. well, three and a half years, almost four. Like now, I'm like, when something like that happens, I'm just like, ah, oh, I gotta learn to let it go. But the first few times that happens, it's like I remember driving home uh from a listing appointment no not even from a listing appointment it was when i found out that a seller had listed their house with another agent it was a listing like i got i spent so much time on the listing presentation it was like like hour and a half two hours i'm getting everything ready i'm knowing everything i'm knowing the age the the details of all the comparables and then driving home from class it must have been a night that i just remember pulling the car over and being like anxiety filled. I was like, God damn it. I spend so much time on that. And now <laughs> God damn it. It just fell through my face. But listen, man, everybody, you can't please everybody. And no one, not everyone's going to want to work with you. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to work with everybody either. You know, I think one of the coolest things so far in my career was I was, I go, I went to the Howard hair and, uh, um, headquarters which is for this area is in camillus you know what i mean for my headshot when they were doing yeah. those for free during covid and then mark ray was there you know the head honcho guy and uh, he's he was a big fisbo door knocking type guy and he's like yeah. oh how's things going and i was like i don't start out of the blue not nothing that would be normally i'd be like oh fine you know whatever i was like actually i'm doing this fisbo game man and i'm just not sticking up and i think at this point i've gone to maybe 10 appointments and then he sat me down and he printed off some papers and then we kind of like walked through it a little bit and he said, Hey, try this. And I went on two more appointments and then I landed one. And it was like, it was just the craziest feeling. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, like now I got a number of how many calls I got to make, how many appointments I got to go to, to then get one. Yeah. He's, he's a big one too, because he went, uh, when he started, he made his, he built his business on yeah. going, excuse me, around uh, door knocking on apartments. And he always, he said this to me when I started, he said, I realized two things, Corey. One, there's a lot of money to be made working with renters, like people who want to become buyers, right? That people didn't realize how cheap it was. Like Bernie and I pay a mortgage on this house. That's 980 bucks a month Mm -hmm. with taxes, with insurance. That's all together. We can have a dog. We can put stuff. We can add stuff onto the house. With Do rent, own, we were looking at fifteen hundred with the two dogs. Fifteen hundred for two dogs. Right? Crazy. So we own this house. He said, "One people don't realize how affordable housing is." Right? He goes, "That's what I realized." And two, I also realized that some renters will always be renters because that's all they want. They don't want the added pressure of having a house, and that's okay. Right? Yeah, like that's fine. We, we need people who want to rent. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, that is how he built his business was door knocking. And like, like this is all the stuff back in the day. Like you didn't have the internet. Right. So mm-hmm. guess what? You're doing door knocking. You're going around. I mean, I haven't done door knocking since pre COVID, but you should go do some door knocking once COVID's over. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. I haven't done that in a long time. I, uh, I did it in my neighborhood when I first become a real yeah. estate agent. It was very interesting to see the, where people are like, why is this guy at my door? Was it like almost Jehovah Witness treatment? Uh, it went one of two ways. Either I would say actually one of a few different ways. One, people wouldn't answer the door, even though you could hear them on the other side. How long would you wait there? Would you like knock again, do a second I only I would only do twice. Like I would yep. knock once. 
I count to 20 and then knock again. If I didn't hear anything, I'd walk away. Huh? Mississippi, Mississippi's right. 20 Mississippi. Yeah, exactly. Mississippi's <laughs> not thousands. I do Mississippi's. Mississippi. It just feels more natural. Right. And then, uh, I remember, <laughs> I still remember the guy that lives four doors down to me. When I, uh, when I walk Ashton in the mornings, I, yeah. he likes to sit outside in the mornings and, uh, just kind of watch the cars go by and stuff. And, uh, I still remember one day when I went up to his door, I could hear him talking on the phone. <laughs> And uh, I knocked on the door and I could hear him say, oh, shit, somebody's at the door. I ain't picking <laughs> that shit up or I ain't opening that shit up. And then I just had to stare. I was just staring because I'm like, I don't know if he's looking at the people. Like, I didn't know. Like, Hi, I'm your neighbor. I'm for yeah. Like, that's someone you see on a regular basis, too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I know. I know. Now I see him in the mornings where I'm walking. My son, I'm like, hey, how you doing, Tom? <laughs> But that's it's, like something he probably has no idea to do. End of the day, he probably yeah, never I mean, knew. Yeah, exactly. He he didn't know. He didn't know. And then you have some people. I remember when I listened to my dad's house. Here's a funny door knocking story. I listened to my dad's house, and then what I did was, uh, I uh, when I first started, if I would get a listing, I would do 10, 10, 20. You ever hear that? You knock on the door. Yeah. Ten people to the left, 10, ten, 10 people to the right, and then twenty people across the street. Yeah. So I. I printed off all my flyers. I took a day. I started walking up and down and this was my dad's house. I grew up in this, in this neighborhood And this guy, uh, across the street, uh, a few blocks down, he was an older disabled guy. Uh, when I knocked on the door, he goes, what are you selling? And I go, I'm not, I'm not selling anything. I'm just letting you know, my dad's house is on the market. Uh, the house is vacant. Uh, I wanted to give you my business card in case you ever see anything fishy. You can give me a call. Uh, and also here's just a copy of, of the listing in case you have anybody that, that wants to move into the neighborhood. Maybe, maybe you want to pick your neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, come inside, have a, have a coffee, <laughs> have a tea. Like he's just like a lonely old guy. And I sat around and listened to him talk about when he was an amateur baseball player. After he got out of the war, he played amateur mm-hmm. baseball, almost got, he was semi pro. He almost got picked up for the, for the Mets or something. And yeah. you know, you just hear all these crazy, these crazy tales, but that was the best door knocking experience I ever had. I didn't drink the coffee. I was kind of afraid. I'm not going to lie. Come on in here. Come on in here, little boy. Probably so tasted I'm... like that, uh, the sock water off of Polar Express. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. what it would have tasted like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But that's like that's the cool thing about this business. You meet a lot of cool people. A lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. And it also reinforces. You meet the- a lot of people you never want to see again. Exactly. And I was just going to say, it also reinforces the statement that I think that like 90% of the people out there are good people, but then there's still, you know, there's a percentage of people that are a little cuckoo and a little, uh, you might not want to do business with, you know what I mean? But that's just kind of, listen, everybody needs anywhere. Yeah. It's all over the place. And Hey, guess what? A client that I might be able to work with really well, you might not be able to handle or vice versa. It's kind of, it's kind of very tailored to it's very personality driven. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Although we'd like to work with everybody. I would like to work with everybody, but I learned when I first started that it's okay to tap out when you have a, have a client Yeah, that, that you just don't mesh with. I had a, a very sexist old gentleman that said a lot of degrading things to me throughout the, the house showing process. And this was my first six months in real huh. estate. Yeah. Uh, and I remember venting to Shauna at the time. And she goes, you know, you, you can fire them. And I, I never realized that as an agent, I was like, Oh, I can just, I can just say him. No, thank you. in part ways. And uh, luckily he felt the same way. So, <laughs> so, so it all worked out in the end. He didn't know, you know he could fire you either. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You never I mean, that's another, that's another good, thing about this business is you know you can kind of pick who you work with and who you don't want to work with you know what i mean whereas right. if you're in a retail setting you got to deal with that karen who's complaining that she can't yeah. return the item that's over 65 days old and yada 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 and doesn't have a receipt and all the tags are gone and there's a stain yeah. on the shirt <laughs> yeah smells like cigarettes that was another one we used to yeah. get a lot of times when i was I I listen uh, runnings. We would let customers walk over us a lot of times. Yeah. But I'll, when I went from PetSmart, which was give the customer everything, like if they complained, you give them a gift card, or if they said it was a different price, just give them the price and get them out the door. To runnings, which was a little bit more strict, 
but when it came to returns, they, they really wanted like a no hassle policy. Mm-hmm. Only time I tell this story at, when I was working there was the only time I ever said no to somebody was, you know, muck boots, like the giant, like oh yeah, giant boots on, they go up to your knees. They're like rubber boots. Mm-hmm. A lady tried to return them covered in horse shit and said that they made her feet hurt. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't, there's, there's poop on it. Like you open the box and all I smell is poop. Like I can't, I can't sell that and put that back on the shelf. I can't do it. Yeah. So, well, can't you just get them? Can't you just destroy them? Nope. Not, <laughs> not getting rid of your dookie shoes. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. We're not returning your shoes. You're 40. We're not taking those dookies back. Listen, you can, now you have a pair of dookie oh, shoes. So man. when you're out in the barn and you need to shovel shit, then you have dookie shoes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Only time I ever said that. Only time. Oh my god! I, I obviously from the fact that she used them, but then the the other Return thing them. of like, what would you do with these? You know, you're not putting them on the shelf. Yeah, right, right, oh, exactly, god. exactly. That's wicked, dude. Maybe I feel like we should. Maybe we'll end the podcast on the Dookie shoe story. What do you Dookie think? Shoe story, whatever works, buddy. Do you, uh, dude? I am pumped that you did this because I am very excited. You took the hour out of your time to talk about real estate thanks for doing this hey man it's fun i always appreciate uh, so it. what i'll do is uh bottom of the description i do this for every guest mm-hmm. i'll put all of your social media links any links that you have so if you guys want to show chance some love uh you just go down to the show description follow the links you hit up his instagram uh his facebook do you have twitter chance i don't even know i have twitter yeah okay so, perfect don't so really know how to use it there. in terms of real estate though it's kind of one of those things i just yeah. just there yeah, it's all right. It works. I use it a lot when I was a reporter. I appreciate you. Thanks for doing this. Later, buddy. It's wicked. Dude, maybe I feel like we should. Maybe we'll end the podcast on the Dookie Shoe story. What do you Dookie think? Shoe story. Whatever works, buddy. Do you, uh, dude, I am pumped that you did this because I am very excited. You took the hour out of your time to talk about real estate. Thanks for doing this. Hey, man. It's fun. I always appreciate it. Uh, so what I'll do is uh bottom of the description i do this for every guest mm-hmm. i'll put all of your social media links any links that you have so if you guys want to show chance some love uh you just go down to the show description follow the links you hit up his instagram uh his facebook do you have twitter chance i don't even know i have twitter yeah okay so, perfect don't so really know how to use it there. in terms of real estate though it's kind of one of those things i just yeah. just there yeah it's all right it works i use it chance, a lot when i was a reporter i appreciate you thanks for doing this later buddy Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.